A Misunderstanding From Peasant Tales of Russia by Vasilya Nemirovich Danjenko Translated by Claude Field This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson Part 5 Six o'clock had just struck. The gray light of morning broke into the cell in which Helena walked up and down with a nervous step casting from time to time a sad glance out of the window she felt that to-day neither sleep nor calm would come to her olya woken by the sound of her footsteps had come several times to her door but helena had always sent her away begging her not to be obnoxious about her there was nothing in her past with which she had to reproach herself she had given all that she had why then did the consciousness of having acted rightly not bring her the peace for which she longed. Then, catching herself murmuring, she began to pray, but the prayer did not come from her heart. Her exhaustion caused her to feel giddy. She even rejoiced in this, seeing in it a sign of the torpor for which she craved. Passing into her inner room, she lay down on her bed, with her eyes closed, but sleep did not come. Dawn broadened into day, and the austere countenances of the icons seemed to be bent fixedly on poor Helena as she lay deprived of strength. She made a movement, and by her hand touched the old newspapers in which the preserves sent by the general's wife had been wrapped. Hardly knowing what she did, she unfolded one of them and glanced at it carelessly. The paper glided with a light rustle behind her bed, a vague desire to know what was going on in the world seized her. She took another sheet. Her eye fell on the not very edifying details of a divorce case. She turned the page and found there, by a strange chance, a correspondent's letter from her native town of which she had heard nothing for so long. She saw that the date of this letter was that of the year in which she had left her country. Scarcely had she glanced through some lines than her blood turned to ice in her veins, and a chill pierced her heart. She uttered such a groan that Olya awoke with a start, as though she could not trust her eyes. Poor Helena read the article a second time. Yes, they were there, those cursed lines, a thing more horrible than murder. She had not yet taken in the awfulness of it. A fit of frenzy seized her brain. She seized the newspaper and brandished it at the sacred picture, saying, There! There! What she had read was as follows. A tragedy has just disturbed our quiet provincial town. Two young girls of good society fell in love with the same man. One was twenty-five, the other nineteen. There was an explanation between the two sisters. The elder did not wish to stand in the way of happiness of the younger, so she went away for good, telling her friends that she intended to enter a convent and would never return. This is where the affair took a dramatic turn. The young man loved the girl who had gone away. He only waited for her return to declare himself. When he heard of the step she had taken, he applied to the authorities to be exchanged into another regiment, and went off without informing anyone. This morning the younger of the two sisters was found dead in her room, killed by a pistol-shot. On the table was a short note. Dear sister, 
Where are you? Forgive me. I could not. I ought not. I dared not live any longer. Nina. No, it is impossible. It is false. I am delirious, exclaimed poor Helena, crushing the paper in her clenched hand. She went near the window in order to read again the fateful lines. They were indeed there. They did not disappear. Nothing took their place. They turned from black to red. They blazed like fire. They burned her heart. Dear sister, where are you? Forgive me. I could not. I ought not. I dared not live any longer. Nina. Helena seized her black headdress and, bursting into wild laughter, rushed towards the door. She herself had fastened it, but she imagined that someone was holding it from without, and shook it, sobbing and laughing at the same time. Then, without hesitation, she turned the key and went out, past Olya, who, pale as a sheet, gazed at her without comprehension, and ran down the stairs, uttering unintelligible sounds. A moment after she was hammering at the closed door of the church, and uttering maledictions to the great alarm of Sister Seraphine, who ran to tell the abbess, making the sign of the cross, and crying, "'Saints preserve us! It was not for nothing that the wind last night blew so fiercely against the windows. It is a real sin of these young ones!' At the sound of Kalena's wild cries, the other nuns, frightened and half-dressed, left their cells, and ran in the raw cold of the morning to help their unhappy sister. Alas! She had misunderstood. End of A Misunderstanding Recording by Kevin Davidson, www.blogordie.com